The eminent violinist, violist, and conductor Pincus Zuckerman has a 22-CD limited-edition boxed set of CDs coming out of recordings he made between 1974 and 1996. It's a comprehensive collection, and I had a chance to speak to Mr. Zuckerman about it. Interestingly, as a young boy, he did not start out on the violin. Well, I think that my dad was uh, very clever in a way to give me lessons, first to read music, and then in order to bring the notes to life, he said, why don't I pick up a recorder? And I started doodling around on the recorder the notes I saw on the page. Uh, my dad quickly understood that I had perfect pitch, so he gave me a clarinet just because of curiosity. I was about six, maybe just under six. That didn't last too long because it's for a six-year-old to play a difficult instrument like that uh, is not good. And then finally around seven, a friend of his that has a violin shop in Weinstein is his name, said, why don't you give him a violin? Yuda, don't be silly. <laughs> he never thought of it. And I took a fiddle, and the rest is history. Your dad was a musician. He was a classical trained as well as cafe music uh, back in the 30s. He had a three-, four-piece band. He would also play classical during the day. Anything to be able to earn a living. Uh, the idea of Pinkus Zuckerman playing a clarinet at a wedding is, is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but very quickly after you started playing the violin, you started attracting attention from uh, some very prominent uh, other violinists. Well, a couple of years in, I played uh, the summertime. We had a festival. We still do. Uh, called the Israel Festival, and Isaac Stern and his colleagues, Eugene and Leonard Rose and Budapest Quartet, they all came to Israel regularly, and um, I was told to go and play for them, so I came and played. And then two years later, I played again, and that's when Isaac made a decision then to bring me to the States. The deal was that I would come on my own. At 13 and a half, I left Israel, left my parents, uh, but my parents came to America about six months or so later. I didn't live live with them. The deal was that I would live with a family. And it was arranged that I would live with uh, people that actually took care of Isaac when he came from California to New York when he was 15. Huh. And so, but the lady of the house fell ill, so quickly Vera arranged for me to live with Eugene's parents, which was a blessing in a way. It was wonderful. Well, I'm speaking with Pincus Zuckerman from uh, the Carnegie Hall Studios, and uh, the reason we're getting together is because Deutsche Grammophon is issuing a 22-CD set of all of your recordings with Deutsche Grammophon and Phillips between 1974 and 1996, even threw in a couple of uh, DECA recordings. And, and looking over these CDs, which I have scattered all over the console here, uh, the scope is... Stunning. Uh, there's everything from the Bach Brandenburgs to Albanberg. There's uh, Prokofiev. There's, of course, the Mendelssohn, the Beethoven, and uh, the Brahms concertos, and a lot of chamber music, too, plus uh, some of your conducting recordings. There's no way we can get through everything, but why don't we start with some of the real uh, gems of the repertoire and, and the Beethoven concerto with uh, Chicago Symphony and, and Daniel Berenboim. What was that like? Well, Daniel and I know each other since 1967. Uh, we first met, uh, of course, in Israel when he was about 15, 16. I was about 10, 11. 
but we didn't play very much together. We, in fact, we none of it. We didn't play at all. He left Israel at that point to Europe. Um, and so I, uh, I mean, I, I, I knew Daniel through Jackie also, Jackie Dupre. We started playing trios. Uh. And so it's a collaboration that's been going on for a long time. And um, it's amazing. I mean, you know, the guy is extraordinary. Talk about repertoire. Talk about legacy. That's the guy that really has put forth the most incredible amount of music uh, out there for people to listen to, not only in recordings, but live performances, operas, of course. He's done the Wagner Ring now. and uh, He's been, been running an orchestra since he was in his 20s. Um, and his Staatskapelle in Berlin is extraordinary. And he created this extraordinary orchestra of youngsters uh, called East-West, the Divan Orchestra. Yeah. which brings people from all over the Middle East and Venezuela and a whole bunch of places, and they're amazing. He's created a school in Berlin. He's done wonders there.
Berenboim shows up on several of the recordings, uh, and I get the feeling, looking at the at the whole uh, package, that a lot of this is about uh, making great music with uh, close friends. Well, I'm very fortunate. You know, I have had an extraordinary relationship with some amazing people over the years, and the two closest ones musically and also personally has been Daniel and Zubin. Uh, and it's it goes back, it's not just... Uh, it's not just music. It's everything. It's, uh, it's you, you can call it family. You can call it brothers. Uh, once removed, <laughs> um, it's it's quite something. It's I've been very fortunate to have this kind of friendship. Uh, not only did I learn from them, but being together on a daily basis, eating together, traveling together, experiencing things together, both unfortunate times and wonderful times it's it's one of a kind for me anyway i've i've had incredible uh, times and it continues with zubin it continues with daniel um unfortunately jackie's no longer here but i have a wonderful wife that plays extraordinary cello so that's sort of a reincarnation for me in the last 17 years or so so i'm very very lucky i'm really lucky my middle name is lucky by the way just so you know <laughs> I'm speaking with Pincus Lucky Zuckerman uh, from Carnegie Hall. And when did you decide to take up the viola as well? Well, I didn't decide. It came upon in Meadowmont. Meadowmont was the summer home for students of Galamians, Galamian summer home. And uh, if you study with Mr. Galamian, you had to go to Meadowmont. And it was an eight-week camp, summer camp, where we practiced five hours a day. I practiced about five and a half minutes. But <laughs> we had lessons with the old man. There was a great man there called Joseph Gingold. Uh, Joseph Gingold was one of the great violinists of the century and great teacher, wonderful concertmaster, played solos all over the world. And he one day said to me, why don't you play the viola? So I said, Mr. Gingold, I, I don't read the clef. He said, don't worry, I'll show it to you. It's very easy. And so I took up a viola, and it felt really good. And he showed me how to read the clef, which was actually really quite simple. And so I started playing viola, and that's the rest, again, is just um, history. Um, there are a number of uh, absolutely choice uh, viola recordings in this collection. One of the uh, most attractive to me are the, the Brahms sonatas. Well, I started playing the Mark Nykrug, and I started playing in 85, I think it was, 84, 85. We started playing two evenings of all the Brahms sonatas for violin and for viola. And we mixed it up, one viola sonata in each evening, plus the Sonatensatz of yeah. Brahms, which belongs to a, a sonata by, written by Joachim Schumann and Brahms as a present to Joachim. So at any rate, I started playing that, and it was wonderful. We could stay in a city for three days, which was amazing, you know, to have the same hotel room for three nights. And we did it all over the world. And we also re-recorded that later on uh, for BMG, for Bettelsmann, RCA, uh, later on in the 90s. Uh, so for me, it was incredible to be able to do all that at live performances, but also to re-record again uh, pieces uh, was uh, an astonishing insight for me after many years of playing it uh, to do it again.
And these recordings uh, in, in this set are with your friend uh, Daniel Barenboim. Yeah, we recorded it here in, in, on 33rd Street at uh, the Manhattan Center. And yeah. um, there were elevator noises. It was on the ninth floor, and it was freezing cold. And we had to stop every 20 minutes because the elevator went, whack, 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 you know. And uh, playing it together with Daniel was synonymous. There's nothing that we didn't want to do that we couldn't do, let's put it that way. And if somebody took a little time here, you went with him. If it was a little faster, you went with it. And it was just a matter of, of doing it, just playing it again and again. That's all. We just played it. And we had really a good time playing. In addition to being a, a, an international violinist, an international violist, uh, teaching, of course, is very important with you. And one of the recordings here has an impossibly young Midori uh, with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra yeah. doing uh, Bach and Vivaldi. Well, I met Midori, she was 10, in Aspen. I was passing through, and Dorothy DeLay, wonderful teacher, as you, we all know, said to me, would you do a class? I said, sure. And she said, by the way, at the end of the class, I have a surprise for you. I said, please, Dorothy, don't do this to me. She says, I'm telling you, it's extraordinary. So a little girl comes out after the class was over in a tent with about 1,000 people. She had a little Snoopy dog. And a little, I don't, I'm not even sure it was a half-size violin. And well, I was sitting, and she, her eyes and my eyes met. That's how small she was. So I said, what's she going to play? And the translator says, Bartok's second violin concerto. I said, what? Wow. You're kidding. She said, no. And she started to play. I tell you, I was over the moon. I couldn't believe it. She played the whole first movement. It was unbelievable. I, I just turned around to the, to the audience. I said, you have all witnessed, including myself, a miracle. This is a miracle. And I said, Midori, and I asked her to come over to me. Very shy, she came over and she sat down my lap. And I said, can you sing me the second subject? And she went, eh, very high voice. And she sang it in tune, of course. She knew exactly what I was talking about. I couldn't believe it, you know. Anyway, since then, of course, the rest is history. She's amazing. Tremendous talent. Yeah. Uh, a couple of recordings feature another friend of yours, uh, a pianist that you, you uh, play with, Mark Nykrug. Right. We had 32 years collaboration. It's a long time. Including some Prokofiev, the Sonata? Yeah, I also I recorded his violin concerto. I was there as guest, uh, principal guest or something, residence, artist in residence for six years. And he came and we did a recording. He conducted the piece. Uh, I also did a lot of his own uh, violin and piano music I've recorded. Uh, with him playing the piano, of course, we played it all over the world. Uh, yeah, he's a wonderful composer. There, there's so much, so much in this set. This 22 CD set put out by Deutsche Grammophon with all the Deutsche Grammophon and Phillips recordings that uh, uh, my guest Pinkus Zuckerman, Pinkus Lucky Zuckerman, we decided uh, <laughs> has made. Some of the other things that we haven't talked there. There's Schubert piano trios. There's a recording with uh, Mikola Petri of some Telemann. There's uh, uh, Salute de Moore which is just a nice potpourri of, of fun little pieces and, and much, much more. But I, I want to end with a, a, an album that looks like it had to have been a blast to collaborate on because I look at the, the picture of these five gentlemen on the cover, and there is uh, Isaac Stern, Pinka Zuckerman, Shlomo Mintz, Itzhak Perlman, and Zubin Mehta. That had to have been hilarious. <laughs> Well, again, it's it's one of those uh, moments that happens very, very f infrequently, if at all, in a lifetime. 
Um, Zubin was celebrating uh, 80th year at the Huberman Festival. So this year is the 80th anniversary. So again, we've done some things, but not with these gentlemen necessarily. And we are continuing to do it again in December. We're going back to Israel. Israel, to all of us, is a, is a staple of what democracy really should be in the world today. We're all born there. Uh, we all study there. Uh, we all stem out of there. We all have a unique understanding of each other, not only as, as musicians, but also as people. And Zubin is collaborating. This is his 50th year with the Israel Philharmonic. Uh, it's absolutely unique. Zubin is the most unique human being I have ever met, uh, knowing his parents, and of course, his brother, his children and grandchildren. Um, this is a, a one-of-a-kind human being. And when Zubin says, would you? You say, of course. You don't even talk about what it is. You say, can you come? Would you come? I say, absolutely. And then we discuss what we're going to do, maybe a week later. Uh, huh. So it's not a question of playing. It's a question of going home, uh, being part of the family. Uh, Amanda and I are an honorary chair of the Friends of the Israel Philharmonic. It's, it's a great honor. It's a privilege to be part of that country, to be part of that world, uh, and to know all these people. We had a blast. We had a wonderful time listening to each other. Of course, criticizing each other. I mean, you had to criticize. Otherwise, <laughs> it wouldn't be a festival, would it? So, I would have uh, loved to have heard the dinner conversation with you guys. Well, Isaac said to me after I played, he said, you know, you really played well tonight. I said, hey, Isaac, thank you. He said, yeah, but there was one F sharp in a slow moon. It was too flat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. It was really funny. Uh, <laughs> a, well, Mr. Zuckerman, it's a, it's a great set. Uh, you must be very proud. Uh, and, and we look forward to the next 22 CDs. Well, aren't you nice? Yeah. Thank you very much.